0: I'm sorry. You you don't get to keep your job when you've been outscored by 37 points in the fourth quarter of competitive games, right? We take out those non-competitive garbage time games. Like you said, you've blown three double-digit leads in that quarter. Like, you can go find another defensive coordinator to come in here and, and run your defense, right? You cannot justify, though, bringing back a coach whose team continually fails when it matters most, right? You want the opposite of that. If you want to win playoff games and Super Bowls, which I think is what... The Bears, their ownership, Ryan poles that's what everybody wants. You need the opposite. You need your team succeeding when it matters most, but this team doesn't. This is a, a reminder. I agree with you 100%. It's like we're, we're brought back down to earth because this is who the Bears are. And I think it isn't. It? It's a commentary on the head coach over anything, right? This team just cannot figure it out in the fourth quarter. Minus 37 in the fourth. That's an amazing stat. And that's why Iberflus has to go. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Ryan O'Leary here along with Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast. We are brought to you by the USA Today Network. We appreciate you for hopping on board. We hope you stick around for the rest of the season and subscribe. However long of a season we have left, it was looking like we might have a chance to stick around in that playoff hunt, Alyssa. I'm not sure now, but you can find this show wherever you get your podcast. Alyssa, how you doing? How's life as a Bears fan during this joyous Christmas season? Are you hanging in there?
1: I'm hanging in. I have my feet firmly planted back on the grounds on planet earth uh, after a week of just, you know, convincing myself, whether it's on this podcast or another podcast that I do that the bears, you know, had a legitimate shot mm-hmm. to make the playoffs, which I mean, they did have a shot and everything kind of, when you look at how it happened this weekend, like outside of maybe Seattle winning, like everything was going to plan. Right. And that's everything happened for the bears. Um, I, Except for the Bears, you know, once again, same old Bears, blew a fourth quarter lead and just they continue to find new and just gut wrenching ways to lose. It'd be one thing for this to just be a loss for maybe them to got into a shootout, which I mean, they did lose a close game, but it's the ways they continue to lose under Matt Eberflus, This was another one where they blew another fourth quarter lead. Uh, this is the third time this season where they have blown a 10 plus point lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, and that's tied for the most times in NFL history. It's just with Matt Eberflus, the, this team just continues to set franchise and league worst records. And that should tell you everything you need to know about what Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren need to do this off season. but I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. But This game and this loss just essentially reminded me, and I did a column on Bears Wire, that the Bears are who we thought they were, unfortunately. Um, And it's just, it's another painful reminder that this team still has a a ways to go, and it's going to look a lot different, I believe, in 2024.
0: Yep. I'm with you. And you know, I've been leading the train of the bears, the bears, the the train, like, Hey, we got, we got something going here and, and they're not officially eliminated from the playoffs yet. Alyssa. So I'm not going to give up my take. We'll talk about the Arizona game, but I do agree with you. It's, it's, uh it's brutal. This is a, this is a painful reminder of, you know, what this team is, you know, Matt Eberflus to turn around. Yeah. He's turned some things around, especially on defense, but some things remain the same and that is the bears in the fourth quarter. Uh, That's a crazy stat you just gave us, right? Uh, a 10-point or more fourth-quarter lead third time this season. Uh, they blew that lead. This was a milestone game, though, uh, for the Bears, Alyssa. They gave up 13 points to the Browns in the fourth quarter. So here's my trivia question for you. Can you guess how many fourth-quarter points have been scored on the Bears this season after those 13 went on the board for uh, Cleveland? What do you think?
1: Um, I'm taking the over on whatever you're giving me. <laughs> so no idea. One hundred. One hundred.
0: Even wow, one hundred. That was the one hundredth point. That game-winning field goal for the Browns hit the century mark. They've now given up hundred points on the year. They've scored seventy-nine in the fourth quarter. They've given up a hundred. But I want to tweak this Wait a to little bit. Me
1: while I'm down. Ryan. Yeah, I'm Wait sorry.
0: That's I'm a, that's a rough stat. That's the century mark. <laughs> we hit a hundred. But I want to get your permission on a couple things, Alyssa. Okay, the Bears in that Chiefs game. You probably remember this. This is, or you maybe black this one out as a Bears fan. The Bears <laughs> were down forty-one, nothing to the Chiefs and outscored them 10-0 in the fourth quarter. So can I have your permission to remove that game from the record due to garbage time? Absolutely. Okay, so there's that one. I'm erasing that one. Same deal with the Chargers game, right? They were down 30-7 to in the fourth quarter. Not really a game. Backup quarterback was in there. The Bears actually outscored the Chargers 6-zip in the fourth quarter, but I would like to, if I can get your permission, scrub that game from the record as well.
1: Absolutely, again.
0: Okay, thank you. So you take out those garbage time games against the Chiefs and the Chargers, that makes your scoring differential in the fourth quarter minus 37. Minus <laughs> 37. So, I love what Eberflus has done with the defense. That the turnaround Alyssa, we've talked about it, we've given him his flowers, right? It's the defense was so bad and pathetic, especially on like third downs and every key, you know, pressure rate, all the everything that you could do poorly on defense, the the Bears did it earlier in the year. They have turned it around. They're one of the best defenses in football right now. It's amazing. They were great on Sunday as well. The only reason this game was the only reason the Bears had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter this time was because of the defense, right? And we'll talk about it. But I'm sorry, you you don't get to keep your job when you've been outscored by 37 points in the fourth quarter of competitive games, right? We take out those non competitive garbage time games. Like you said, you've blown three double digit leads in that quarter. Like you can go find another defensive coordinator to come in here and, and run your defense, right? You cannot justify, though, bringing back a coach whose team continually fails when it matters most, right? You want the opposite of that. If you want to win playoff games and Super Bowls, which I think is what the Bears, their ownership, Ryan Poles, that's what everybody wants. You need the opposite. You need your team succeeding when it matters most, but this team doesn't. This is a a reminder. I agree with you 100%. It's like we're we're brought back down to earth because this is who the Bears are. And I think it isn't. It's a commentary on the head coach over anything, right? This team just cannot figure it out in the fourth quarter. Minus thirty seven in the fourth. That's an amazing stat, and that's why Iberflus has to go. No matter how good the defense plays, Alyssa, he's got to go.
1: It's crazy too when you when you think about just how bad the Bears have been this year in terms of you know that it just gets worse. Like you're bringing up these stats, and I'm like, wow, it has been ugly. And you were talking about those close games, and I think you know the hallmark of a really good football team is that you're able to pull out those close games, right? And the hallmark of a good head coach. Uh, And I think it's clear that we've talked again, like you said, Iberflus, what he's done with this defense, we've given him credit. We've praised him. Um, Obviously having Montez sweat there definitely helps a lot because since he's been there, I mean, the entire defense has just transformed. It's incredible. And I think that you can go out and get, you know, another defensive coordinator who's going to look at what this defense did this season and look at those players and look at, you know, the draft capital and, Just kind of be like, okay, yeah, I can work with this. So, But again, with Matt Eberflus, and he's just unable to do his job because he's not a defensive coordinator. He's a head coach of the football team.
0: He will be (laughs) soon. He'll be a defensive coordinator somewhere else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's probably, and he should because he's a a damn good one, honestly. And what he's done, especially considering this was like one of, if not the worst defenses in the league last year and to start the season and what he's been able to do. Impressive, yes, but as a head coach – and that's the thing. Some guys are just really good coordinators, but they're not good head coaches. And I think that that's the same with Matt Ibraflus. He's not someone that looks like he can lead the team. He's not doing a good job. This is the same stuff that he was dealing with in his first year as a head coach, and we're talking about the same stuff. It's getting worse and worse. His team is not able to pull it out when it matters most. You have Darnell Mooney making comments about how the offense – was just complacent in the third quarter because they were just happy to be leading. I mean, like, what are we doing here? Like, like that's like, I, I understand that Eberflus has to do multiple jobs now because since the Allen Williams, um, I guess, uh, resignation, but you, this is your second year as head coach and your team cannot be approaching this game like that. It's just, I mean, we'll get into Mooney later, I'm sure. But it's every every time this team kind of takes a step forward and it's like okay, because like last week I was willing to be like okay, I'll entertain the idea <laughs> yep. of running it bat with Matt, Matt Eberflus because obviously when you're winning, right? Of course I'm gonna feel that way. They want back-to-back games. Now the, this game really kind of served as a like on check yourself moment and like no, this is what reality actually is, and there's no way that you can keep Matt Eberflus after this year. It's it would be Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, uh, George McCaskey, just accepting mediocrity. And that's not, you're the Chicago bears. You you gotta, you gotta move on from that. You cannot do that. It's just, it's frustrating because it's the same old, same old, hopefully. I think with Kevin Warren in here, I think that change will actually happen this off season, but it's just frustrating to kind of see that. Time and time again, it's the same things as Matt Eberflus. Again, great guy, great defense coordinator, but he is just not getting his job done.
0: Yeah, and I think if he was eight and six right now, which is what the Bears should be, they should be because yeah. again, you lost, you gave up thirteen unanswered to the Browns, but we go back to that Lions game. You gave up eighteen unanswered points in that game. Lost the Whopper is the Broncos game, right? I went back and looked at it this morning. You're up 28 to seven in that game. You lost 31 to 28. That's 24 unanswered points. It wasn't just the fourth quarter that I was looking for for my nice little stats there that I came up with, Alyssa. You gave up 24 if you go back to the third quarter of that one. So yeah, you should be an eight and six football team right now on the come, feeling pretty good about things. Instead, you're five and nine and we're trending towards what is another complete reboot to your point, right? And we're talking about coaching staff and most likely the quarterback as well. Although, and while I do feel that way, I'm, I'm, I agree with what DJ Moore said. I'm going to play the sound here in a minute. I, I agree with DJ Moore that I'd rather have fields here <laughs> if I could. I think that's the best case scenario. I just don't think it's going to happen for for quite a few reasons that we could talk about it. But you were texting me, Alyssa, you don't want to hear anyone blaming fields after this game against the Browns, right? Why don't you get a few things off your chest before we go on here?
1: Yeah, and I want to start by saying I don't think Justin Fields played a good game. I mean, there were definitely some big drops there, including that Robert Tunyon drop touchdown. Uh, Mooney's, you know, drop on the hail mary in the end zone. It just kind of bounced off his chest.
0: And, oh, Mooney! I mean,
1: yeah, we're. This is all leading to a conversation about Mooney later. Um, but yeah, I don't think he had a good game. I mean, he did. He didn't play well. He was outplayed by Joe Flacco, unfortunately, because there were some passes that Fields that should have been intercepted. You know, Fields had the two picks that were on hail mary attempts, so they kind of didn't happen, but when you kind of factor in some of the throws that should have been picked off, it could have been worse stat line. So, I mean, he didn't have a good game, but at the same time, and we talked about this time and time again in a game like this, where it's one of those close losses where you're blowing leads, where you start to see all the deficiencies on this team. And it's not just on fields because fields deserve some of the blame, but you know, there are a lot of people. If you're, it feels like there's two sides. You have like the pro fields, people and the anti fields guys who are just ready to move on with whatever rookie quarterback, Caleb Williams um, were, and the bears aren't even guaranteed the number one pick yet. So that might not even happen yet, but yeah, I, am with you. I think that I would love for them to roll it back with Justin Fields this year. I don't think that's going to happen, unfortunately, because we talk about like the timeline and having the head coach and the quarterback on the same timeline. It, it, it's hard to imagine a situation where they do bring fields back and they have a new coaching staff in place and he has to learn his third offense I mean, that's just like, that's brutal. It's the same. It's what happened with Jay Cutler in Chicago. And you you don't want to cut. You don't want to do that as too much for the quarterback. And I feel like Ryan Poles, you know, he hasn't had an opportunity to draft his quarterback. So, you know, I don't see Poles kind of, you know, going down without getting that opportunity. And depending on how this all shakes out, I mean, I mean, Caleb Williams, I know we talk a lot about him and we're going to do a lot of that too in the offseason, I'm sure And Drake may. I mean, they're really good quarterback prospects and definitely Caleb Williams is one of the best that, that you know, in the last several years. So it's going to be interesting, but I don't like in terms of, yeah, oh, no, it's all in field. Yeah, let's get rid of fields and move on. And then we plug Caleb Williams or Drake May in here and everything's going to be OK. No, that's not it. You saw the offensive line struggle in pass protection. There was this one stat. Um, I'm trying to think about the pressures where I think fields. Oh, fields dropped back 23 times. He was pressured on 16 of them which is just insane. Like, yeah. you need to address the offensive line. Nate Davis struggles. So you should be looking at guard. We talk about center. We know they need to get a new center in there. Uh, I think Braxton Jones and Darnell Wright have been holding up well. Tevin Jenkins got hurt again, right? So, I mean, like, you have to fix the interior of that offensive line. So you can't just, like, plug a new quarterback in there and a, and just – everything's going to be fixed all of a sudden you also need to add continue to add weapons it would be amazing to have marvin harrison jr and dj Moore. like can you imagine that like my goodness and we talked about that before and it's like there's so much more that ryan poles needs to do with this roster with that said i do think unfortunately that that he's gonna ultimately decide to move on but i want to say like with all the bear struggles in this game while fields did not play a good game this isn't all on him
0: yeah, I think that's really well said. And uh, DJ Moore, we mentioned he's campaigning for Fields here. My take on this: let's just play what Moore said because I have a thought off of this these comments.
1: I'm still like, bro, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? I get y'all got everybody coming out. What it's like two of them? I don't think they better than Justin.
0: <laughs> okay, so. I, I, in a vacuum, I agree with the Melissa. I agree with DJ Moore Like if you're looking specifically at right now and he literally said the words right now, right? Looking specifically at what's best for the football team. Let's say entering 2024 and, and my choices are Caleb Williams or Drake may in year one or Justin Fields in year four. I think Justin Fields would be the better player in 2024. I, I, I do. I believe that Ryan Poles doesn't have the luxury of looking at it through a vacuum though. Does he right? He's got to take into consideration the coaching staff. His head coach, as we've said, is basically a defensive coordinator who's, I mean, his game management is suspect. What'd you think about the, uh, the end of the first half, Alyssa? That was pretty, that was good stuff, huh? Pretty good. Interesting stuff. You know, let's, we're not even going to try to kick a field goal. We're just going to check it into the end zone. Okay. We
1: forgot that we have Cairo Santos, who has been money from 50 yards this season, by the way, I was
0: beside myself. I was like, what, what the hell did I just watch? So, yeah, the game management is suspect. Uh, never mind the offense being crazy conservative. The special teams having issues. Another muffed punt. Thank God the Bears got a defensive interception at the goal line, right? Because um, the muffed punt. I actually, coming out of the game, I was like, man, that muffed punt. That's where the game changed. It actually didn't because the Bears got an interception right after that. Uh, but anyway, it still went went to hell, of course. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you have to take a look at your head coach. You have to take a look at your your offensive coordinator. That is probably among the most conservative in football, right? Alyssa, I think we could say that. Uh, and then you have to take into account your quarterback trying to learn another new head coach and offensive coordinator, right? Like when you can look at all of that and take into account what you might want to do in twenty twenty four and beyond in terms of the coaching changes, and you can get something in return for a trade in fields. I think that gives the Bears brass enough clarity of the situation to say yeah, Justin Fields is a good player, but new coach, new quarterback, new scheme, that's probably the best direction for us. Never mind the fact that there's the unknown with the rookie quarterbacks where maybe you get a top 5 guy. You know, maybe you do because I think Fields I think he could be a top 10 guy. I think it like kind of like a Kyler Murray type, like a guy that is a really good player, but you're never going to talk about him in the top 5, the the very the Josh Allen's, the Patrick Mahomes, those guys. You're not, you're not gonna talk about him in that breath, but you're gonna talk to talk about him in a breath of like he's one of the better quarterbacks in the league, right? You're, I think that's Fields. Maybe Caleb Williams is one of those top five guys, though. We don't know, and I think that's gonna be enticing enough for the Bears. So I think when you you look at it through a vacuum, Melissa, I think yes, Fields. He's probably the better player for the team right now in 2024 as well. But when you when you take it out outside of the vacuum. I don't think the Bears are going to be able to to justify bringing him back because I, right now as we speak, think that they're going to overhaul the coaching staff. I think they have to. Um, I think it'd be like such a disservice to Bears fans and the whole organization to bring back a group of coaches that continually do the same thing over and over, right, and continue to shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, so, I think when you when you look at it like that it actually does make some sense, right? That they would move on from fields, even though he's a really good player and we can see the potential.
1: Yeah, even if Poles was, you know, willing to kind of just, you know, roll with and Co. for another season, I think with Kevin Warren in place, I don't see that happening, especially, I mean, I just think back to some of those shots. I think it was like the Chargers night game where they were showing Kevin Warren in the box and then they were showing Brian Poles in the box. They just did not look happy.
0: (laughs) Not a lot Um, of smiles. And
1: their livelihood yeah, their livelihood depends on this more, more so polls, but kind of getting to the fields of it all. I mean, like, like you said, I would love for them to run it back. I think that would make a lot of sense. I agree with DJ um, and you know, it's going to make for an awkward um, welcome to Chicago moment. If the bears <laughs> do move on from fields and draft Caleb Williams or Drake may uh, you know, DJ could easily just say, you know, yeah, that was, you know, I was supporting my uh, supporting my quarterback and all, and all that stuff. But Yeah, look for if the Bears do go with one of those guys. um, Yeah, look for that quote uh, to be brought back. Um, But no, I agree with DJ. I would love for Fields to be back, but I don't see it happening for all of the reasons that you were saying too. And you know, with that with that in mind, there are no sure things, right? With these with these prospects, Caleb Williams could be a bust. Drake May could be a bust. Fields could end up being the better option of all three, and DJ could be proven right. But that's on Ryan Poles to make that decision. Right. You know, that's what general manager does. He lives or dies by the quarterback that he drafts. Look at Ryan Pace uh, drafting Mitchell Trubisky trading up to draft him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Just kind of, you know, just ruined his career and he still got seven years in Chicago. So um, that's going to be on Ryan Poles to make the evaluation. He said um, at that press conference, like right after the trade deadline, you know, that same as last season where he needs to be blown away by a quarterback to take him over fields. And I think that unlike last year when we really didn't think that was a possibility, when you look at Caleb Williams, especially, you know, I think there's a really good possibility that polls is like, yeah, no, I, I have an opportunity. This is a really, this quarterback could be a generational kind of guy. I have the opportunity to reset Uh, a rookie contract, you know, quarterback contract on a rookie deal. So that allows me to go out and make other moves in free agency and all this stuff and extend some of the guys that we have in place. Um, So, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play here. And like you said, the coaching staff, I think that ultimately they're going to clean house cleaning house is probably what is just best. I don't see, I don't see a situation where you bring Justin Fields back if Matt Eber isn't coming back with him and Luke gets unfortunately. Uh, So I think, Pulse is probably going to look at it that way too, where I have an opportunity to, we're not rebuilding to the point where we're tearing it all down to the studs like you did two years ago, but you are rebuilding in terms of kind of just cleaning house at this point with your head coach, your offensive coordinator, your quarterback.
0: Yeah. Maybe taking the offense back down to the studs a little bit, right? Um, Your defense looks like it's on the right track. Keep adding there, um, but maybe if you're starting over on the offense, maybe start over with new coordinators, new quarterback, new everything, and start from square one. You've got some good pieces on the offensive what the line. The Bears have been
1: doing for their entire <laughs> existence. Let's it feels like let's run it back once.
0: Let's run it back once again. Can the Bears stay mathematically alive in the playoff hunt? Uh, they're going to have to beat the Arizona Cardinals to do that. We'll talk about that game here coming up next. First, Week 16 uh, in a lot of leagues, fantasy semifinals. If you're still alive, here's some advice. For the semis from theHuddle.com, and we'll be right back.
2: Corey Bonini here of huddle.com to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week 16. Quarterback Nick Mullins, Minnesota Vikings versus Detroit Lions. In his first full start with the Vikings, Mullins posted 303 passing yards, two touchdowns, and chipped in 10 rushing yards. While he did toss a pair of interceptions, a 24 plus point day on the road was a nice early Christmas present for anyone brazen enough to play him. This one could turn into a shootout of sorts. Mullins is at home versus Detroit, a group that has allowed 22.7 fantasy points on average to the position on the year. In the last six weeks, since Detroit has come back out of its bye, half of the performance have been good for 27 or more fantasy points. Running back Ezekiel Elliott, New England Patriots at Denver Broncos. Elliott will shoulder the burden of this backfield if Ramondre Stevenson isn't able to return. Even if he has to share some touches, Elliott showed a couple of weeks ago he's capable of handling a massive workload. Denver has given up 17 total scores to the position on the year, and no team has permitted more rushing yards. Since week 10, the matchup has rated neutrally, but we're still fairly confident in his opportunity. Especially since it's unlikely Denver will hang a big score on the board. Wide receiver Drake London, Atlanta Falcons vs. Indianapolis Colts. The Falcons go back to Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback, who was under center from weeks 8-10. through In that time, London posted lines of 5 catches for 55 yards and 3 grabs for 36 yards. He missed the week 9 game between those two respective performances. Indianapolis has permitted wide receivers the 5th fewest receptions per game, but the 5th highest scoring rate in the last 5 weeks. While he doesn't have an extremely high ceiling, London has a pretty safe bet for a wide receiver 3 play in week 16. Tight end Tanner Hudson, Cincinnati Bengals at Pittsburgh Steelers. Hudson has been steady Eddie over the last seven weeks, posting between 5.7 and 10.1 PPR points in each game, including four showings of at least 8.5. That said, for as quietly solid as he has been, Hudson lacks the requisite pop to be a lock as a starting lineup option. Fortunately, if you have to play him this postseason, Pittsburgh presents a tremendous statistical matchup and has been exploited across the board by the position in recent weeks. No Jamar Chase likely means Hudson will have a much larger role. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com.
0: All right, we're back. And before we get to the Cardinals' Alyssa Darnell um oh. I'm done. I think you tweeted the same thing. So we're on the same page here. <laughs> uh, he was critical of the team. You mentioned this earlier in the show. He said the team was, quote, lackadaisical and just conservative. He was talking about the third quarter. Now, he's probably voicing team-wide frustrations about the head coach and offensive coordinator when he says we were lackadaisical and just conservative. I, I wouldn't, would a player call his teammates conservative? That that sounds like a knock on the coaching, but anyway. Still, Mooney calling anyone lackadaisical after this game is kind of hilarious to me, Alyssa. Do, would you say Darnell Mooney was dialed in on Sunday? What would you say to that?
1: Um, Absolutely not. Um, it, it, It's frustrating because I love Darnell Mooney. I think that you know, when you look at some receivers, especially receivers that have been in Chicago and like how they approach things, I've always just really respected how Mooney approaches it. And you know, you know, being a fifth-round uh, draft pick and knowing that he has to prove himself and working hard, and he had his a thousand-yard season um, in his second year and just really looked like he was going to be just like a solid number two guy. And this year, it just kind of felt off. I really wanted him to have a really good year because he's in a uh, his his the final year of his rookie deal contract year. And I wanted him to get paid, whether it was in Chicago or elsewhere, and I stu- still do. But this season, it just it has felt off, especially this game. Like you said, it just I got, and I I don't I don't even want to say this because like I mean, it's bad. But like I got Chase Claypool vibes in terms of effort out there on Sunday. I mean, there have been some games where he's been targeted like targeted numerous times. Him and Fields just aren't on the same page, which is frustrating because they were, like, really close. And, like, Fields and Mooney were, like, Fields and more uh, before DJ got here. So, I mean, it's been really frustrating. But, like, what, like on Sunday, too, just – I mean, the Hail Mary, I mean, I think you should have caught it. I'm not even mad about the Hail Mary so much as, like, the effort overall – Because, like, I mean, yeah, that ball was in his lap, should have caught it. And, like, my goodness, he he would be a hero (laughs) in Chicago right now. Um, But I just think the overall effort, especially on some of these plays. um, But, yeah, in that fourth and one where he just whiffed on the the block and Fields would have had the edge there. Vincetti got tripped up and fell just short, and they turned it over on downs, and that's where the game changed right there. Just it's an overall effort thing for me, and it's, it it makes it's frustrating because he's always been one of my favorite players and I love I've loved his effort and how he approaches things and it just seemed like he didn't want to be out there and that's the same thing that we were talking about with Chase Claypool earlier this season. I don't think that he's Chase Claypool but I just think the effort really reminded me of that and I don't like that.
0: Yeah, no that's that's a good way to put it. I mean, he had a drop late in the first half on that drive where the Bears were. I thought trying to get a field goal attempt, although they decided not to do it <laughs> again. Again, what was that? You don't give your kicker a chance. Holy crap. But yeah, I, I remember Darnell had a drop there, and he was just kind of staring off into space. And yeah, he just wasn't there. He just wasn't dialed in. And I think if he was dialed in, he finds a way to, to come up with that miracle catch on, on the Hail Mary. He just, it just wasn't his night. He just wasn't dialed in, lackadaisical, call, calling, Uh, I guess, the his teammates or his coaches saying they were lackadaisical. The coaches, he's not wrong about yeah. that. But no, way. no, he's not. Especially the conservative word. I mean, that is the perfect word for the Bears. It's just so frustrating. Uh, yeah, we're up by 10. Yay, we're going to win. It's like, no, no. We're um, just
1: happy to be leading. It was giving that kind of energy. Like, oh, we're uh, happy to say that we were, you know, beating uh, a Cleveland Browns team that's going to, Cleveland Browns team probably going to the playoffs.
0: I know. It would have it been such a big boy win on the road to win a grindy defensive game. We talked about it last week. Uh, uh, go into their house and play their kind of game and beat them. I mean, that would have been what a story. We'd be six and eight. I would be pounding my chest, say, "I told you so." The Bears are going to the playoffs, Alyssa. Don't, don't doubt it. But now we're five and nine, and some of the air's out of that balloon. And and now they have to beat this Cardinals team if they're going to stay in it. And my take was they're going to be mathematically alive going into Week 18 against Green Bay, and it, that's on life support now. We got to beat the Arizona Cardinals. Do we want to beat the Arizona Cardinals, Alyssa? <laughs> are, you, are we back to the take <laughs> right? Because Carolina won last week and Arizona's got three wins. So Arizona is still in the hunt for the number one pick along with my Patriots at three and 11, uh, Carolina now two and 12 after beating the just useless Falcons. Oh God, get out of my face. Arthur Smith and your stupid football team.
1: You know, the Falcons who the bears play in two weeks. <laughs> oh,
0: there's another, yeah, there you go. Well, that's good for us. That's good. For, that's good for the take if you're rooting for the Bears to win like me, but you probably aren't if you're a diehard fan, and I don't blame you. But uh, unfortunately for for all of you rooting for the Bears to lose, the Bears are getting the Arizona Cardinals at home. I'm not sure what the weather report is in Chicago, Alyssa, but I'm sure it's going to be colder than Arizona. Uh, you are four-and-a-half-point favorites. The Cardinals scored some points, but they got run out of the building by the 49ers last week. I think they are except for this Trey McBride kid at tight end, who looks like a freaking beast. Uh, I, I really like this kid. Um, he's fun to watch. And I think bears fans, if you haven't, if you don't play fantasy football or whatever, you don't know who Trey McBride is yet young player. And he's tight end for the Cardinals. He's their best player by far. And, and you'll see he's, he's fun to watch. But other than that, they're really banged up at receiver. Alyssa, they don't have a ton at the skill positions. Kyler Murray's kind of just flinging it around out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're awful on defense. I, I think the Bears should win this game by a touchdown. I I like them to cover the four and a half at home, uh, especially with the way their defense is playing. I mean, talk about fantasy football, the semifinals. I'm in a semifinal matchup. I picked up the Bears targeting this week. If I'm like, if I get to the final four, I'm starting the Bears this week. And uh, I'm there and I'm starting the Bears with confidence defensively. They're They're that good right now. They're unbelievable. And Kyler Murray threw a pick six in that 49ers game too. So I think the Bears can... They have an opportunity against this Arizona team. I think they're going to win it. Uh, do you want them to win, Alyssa? And what do you think about the matchup?
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question. Now, if you would have asked me um, this and we're coming out, they're coming off a win Excuse me, against the Browns, and I'm like, oh, heck yeah. We'd be I mean, so still, fired I mean, up. Gonna, We'd
0: be so fired up off a win against oh the Browns. Oh my God, would be like,
1: yeah, we're rolling. We're winning out the rest of the season, which, I mean, when you look at like these next two games especially, I mean, I think the Bears are going to, win easily. And I can't like, yeah, those words came out of my mouth. But because of that defense, and just like, like you said, they're insane, just how good they are. Look what they did to the Browns, who I mean, that offense, I mean, even with Joe Flacco, I mean, it's it's not like the Cardinals offense. I mean, I think that this defense is going to feast, I think they're going to have more interceptions. I think they win by more i think they went by two scores um and yeah that's like i could time i think i've said that in two years uh <laughs> i wonder if that ever mm-hmm. um and again because of that defense i think the defense is probably going to have a score again have a touchdown so kudos to you for picking them up in fantasy i mean like you said though it's interesting because now and i can't believe i'm saying this and now it's going to be like you know around <laughs> for people to listen to but you look at this week too the, the panthers are playing the packers so like I feel like, you know, you have to root for the Packers this week, right? As a Bears fan. And I will be hoping that Green Bay wins that game. I'm not going to say rooting for.
0: That's big of you. That is big of you. I'm going
1: to say rooting against Carolina.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. that? Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah. But this matchup too, just in general, I think even the offense, I think this is a great opportunity for them to bounce back uh, for Justin to continue to, you know, audition for whether it's the bears or whatever team is going to be willing to trade for him, you know, perhaps the team that the bears play the following week, the Falcons. Um, So I think that, yeah, I'm not even worried about this game so much. I think, and that's, I mean, the Cardinals are a struggling team. I think the bears, they're still struggling, but they've kind of turned a corner. I think that they're the better of the two teams games in Chicago. I don't think, I don't expect any snowy conditions. I don't think looking at the weather forecast right now, but it's still cold. So I think this is a game that the Bears should easily. Um, I, I got them definitely covering the, the the four and a half.
0: Yeah, me too. I like the Bears in this game. They just didn't get a lot of help on, on the playoff front. Uh, I, me, my take is, you know, on life support, Alyssa, right? Like the Seahawks even won. Like what? The Seahawks beat the Eagles? Huh? What? So now the Seahawks are seven and seven. They're right there. The Rams are seven and seven. The Rams look really good. The Rams are going to be in the playoffs. The Vikings, I don't know how they're hanging on. They're actually the sixth seed right now. Seven and seven. Uh, but the Saints won as well. Uh, I was I thought the Giants might have a chance to pick them off. But unfortunately, the, the Saints beat the Giants. They're seven and seven. So you didn't get a ton of help out there uh, in terms of the standings. So got to win. Got to win this game. Got to win the Falcons game to keep it alive, Alyssa. But uh, I'm still holding out hope that they're mathematically alive in week 18. So I can uh, ring the bell on that bold prediction I had, you know, a few a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago. It's not that dead would, yet. That
1: would be fun. Well, that would be fun going into that Packers game. My goodness. It would.
0: You never know. Eight and nine. That might be enough, right? That might be enough to get you in in the NFC. I mean, again, seven and seven. I'm seeing seven and seven, six and eight all over the place.
1: See, no, no. I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to talk me back into that. I'm not going. <laughs> I'm not going playoffs anymore. I'm looking ahead to an off season where there's probably going to be a lot of change. Yeah. Uh, where the Bears have perhaps two top five draft picks. I'm. Um, now I'm kind of also like looking to like the Panthers schedule more. Uh although I have been, let's be real. Like I said, have to be I'm not gonna say root for Green Bay, I'm gonna root against Carolina. But this is uh one of those weeks where and probably one of the only weeks where Bears fans are really hoping the Packers win. Um to really help because I think what the Panthers need to lose two more if the other team if um the Patriots and Cardinals lose out. So this is one of those games too, where I don't expect them to lose to Arizona, but if they do, it's helping you a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's not like you had playoff hopes, you know what I mean? So it wouldn't be as heartbreaking, but I mean, I, I think that this is a, a game where the bears are the better team. One of, I think this is just the third time this season. They've been favorites. The others came against Carolina and green Bay in week one. So yeah, should be, should be a fun one. Um, I think for sure. Uh, definitely a good chance for the Bears to rebound after this. But I, I don't think that, oh, you go out and you beat the Cardinals. Uh, you know, that's, you know, helping save Matt Eberflus' job at all.
0: Well, the good news is that the Bears uh still picking fifth uh, in next year's draft according to the uh, take-a-thon ranking. So uh, it's not all bad if they do lose this ball game. But I, for for personal reasons, I'm rooting for them to to win it, to keep – to keep alive in that playoff hunt and my take of them staying alive mathematically till week 18. We'll see. I think they got a good chance to beat the Cardinals. We'll see what happens. Alyssa and I will be back next week to break it all down. Merry Christmas to all of you celebrating this weekend and we'll catch you next week.
1: And as always bear down.